Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We're excited to be with you tonight. We got um, two special guests with us. Um, we got um, Patrick Brettlinger. Am I saying that right? That is correct. And Norman Finch, which is David. My David's dad. with us as well. David Finch's dad. And so I'm Chad Mitchell. So we're all here um, excited to have a Bible study with you this evening. Uh, we're going to be talking about dereliction of duty. Okay. And once again, I missed out on the uh, sermon, so I'm coming into this blind. It was so awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. It was great. sermon of your life that you missed. <laughs> yeah, so anyways. Uh, and it wasn't awesome because I was I was the one leading it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the author of the material was pretty good, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, so we're, I think um, is the text um, 2 Timothy 2, um, 2 Second through Timothy 7. 2, yeah. So we'll be reading from that here in a minute. But first, if, if anything that we say here... If you have any questions or comments, um, we'd love for you to reach out to us. Uh, email us at um, truthinagapelove at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Send us a message on there. Um, and the link to the email is in the description of the podcast. So you're welcome. Just click on that. Um, so with that, we'll go ahead and get started, David. All righty. So actually starting tonight, we're actually starting our Oh, yeah, we can explain that, why these guys are here. <laughs> yeah, they're here for a specific reason. Um, we're actually starting a gospel meeting starting tonight yeah. uh, at 7.30. So if you're, if you're around throughout the week and the weekend, please feel free to join us. We'd love to see you here. Um, and, the, and the information to that is on our Blackfoot Church of Christ um, Facebook page. That's right. So you can find all the information there. There's um, the events uh, the times, everything, it's at 7.30 every night. Um, and on Saturday, we have two or three three lessons, Saturday and two, three. Two on Saturday, three on Sunday. Two on Saturday, three on Sunday, that's right. So you can find all that information on our Blackfoot Church of Christ Facebook page. Yeah. And the, the topic of the whole gospel meeting is on the armor of God. Now, um, you will find the armor of God in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. And they... Uh, Patrick is going to do a great job. I know he is. He no told me promise. not to no say pressure. that, but yeah, no promises. <laughs> but no, he uh, he gets in depth, and it's it's very great material. So please join us if you can. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, I wanted to um, Sunday actually talk about coming from that angle of being a soldier of Christ, right? And so the the text that we're going to begin in is Second Timothy chapter two. We're going to read 2 through 7. And Chad, do you want to read that for us? Yes. If you're there? Yep, I'm there. <laughs> I called you out, man. I wasn't ready. <laughs> Second Timothy 2, 2 through 7, right? Correct. <clears throat> and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, and he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be the first to partake of the crop. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Okay. So in this context, really... 
Drawing out verse 4, you know, no one entangled in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Now, as a Christian, we are every day in a spiritual fight. And our warfare is spiritual, not fleshly. And we have a responsibility, we have a duty to Christ. And so this is where the title of my sermon kind of played a part of the dereliction of duty. If you've ever... If you've ever been a soldier or ever gone to fight, um, one thing, this is a, a word that you will understand. You know, if you abandon your post, if you abandon your duty, it is a dereliction of duty. And so as a Christian, as we have responsibilities as a Christian in the spiritual fight, if we abandon our post, if we abandon our duties to the Lord, the same applies. We have a dereliction of duty. We have a we have a responsibility to Christ, which just means we just we haven't done what we're supposed to do. That's right. Like at the end of the day, yeah. The word dereliction just means abandon. Yeah. And so we have a responsibility. This is what we need to do. And so um, there's also a word in Scripture that, in fact, it, it's a very small word, but this word determines on whether you are obedient or not. And the word is if. Now, in the King James Version, the word if is mentioned 1,595 times. And so this, this word indicates if you love me, if you are faithful, which also has that, that um, notion that if you are not you're not faithful. So if you are a Christian, you must love Christ. Turn with me, if you will, to John 14, 15. And this is the words of Christ here. John 14, 15. <laughs> Christ says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. So this word if, again, is very powerful. Because if you don't keep his commandments, then that actually also means you don't love him. <clears throat> Yeah. So very powerful notion behind if you love me, you will keep my commandments. There mm. and, and what I love about scripture is there's no in between. Yeah. You know, there's no in between. You either love him or you don't love him. You either keep his commandments or you don't keep his commandments. Well, and if go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I was just gonna say I love tying this into a soldier, but especially an athlete. If an yeah. athlete breaks the rules, he doesn't doesn't win the game. Yeah. Right? I mean you break the rules, or or you you know you foul, make a foul or whatever. You're yeah. penalized, and 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 uh, if you cheat, maybe even if you cheat, you That's know right. you're not you're you're disqualified. And as a Christian, it's the same way. You yeah. know that's what he's saying. That's what we're saying. That's here. right. You follow the if rules we, of Christ. You right, know exactly. This is the in that context. Yeah, this is a game. You know. In order to to compete as you have a to Christian, do these certain things. That's right. In order to qualify to win the game. Yeah, and you know, we are competing as Christians, and we're competing for the glorious crown above, mm -hmm. and we have to compete according to the rules. Yep. And this is, you know, and then notice right after that in verse six of Second Timothy two, the hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Christ gets the first of everything. Christ is the one who deserves the first part of our life, the first part of everything in our life. Right. And we can't put anyone before him. 
Yeah, that kind of goes to where, where Jesus says, you know, um, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me daily. You know, That's take right. up your cross daily and follow me. I mean, if you just ponder that statement, deny self is the beginning. And that's, I've said recently, that's less a command and more of like an instruction for how to do the thing, how to walk in the way. It's not like, do this, do that. It's more like, you won't walk unless you do this. Like, you literally yeah. won't be able to. He, he's like, I want you to do it, but like, you got to deny yourself. Yeah. And then take up that cross, which means doing the hard things um, of the gospel, you know, walking in faith. It's not an easy thing. You know, it's interesting that, that point you made, you know, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And of course, like the first uh, first letter of John, you know, first John is almost like the whole thing. It is. Is, is, is reiterating that. So anybody out there who's maybe struggling with uh, uh, how's my walk? Go to First John. It's the Christian self. It's the <laughs> yeah. Christian self diagnostic check. How it you really doing? is. And this idea of denying self, taking up cross, getting ready for the battle, walking as a soldier, being prepared. You know, Paul says, you know, we are not ones who who fight as though as ones who beat the air. We're supposed to be landing the target. You know, yeah. I've done a little boxing, a little martial arts in my time, and beating the air is not a way to win the fight. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a way to tire you out and die. Right, exactly. <laughs> Precisely. It's gonna, you're going to get worn slick. And meanwhile, the guy's like, well, looks like it's time to hit him now. So it's, uh, yeah. it's a good point, you know, good, good stuff to, to drive forward with. Well, and just like you were, you mentioned First John, First John 2, 3, you know, um, <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. It says, now by this, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Right. Right. Again, and, and that's what I love about the word if. You know, that's what's something that we really need to drive home if. You know, God is saying great things will come to you if you do what I say. You know, and, and so there's so much power behind a two letter word. It's basically a qualifier. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It makes you qualified or not qualified. Yeah. You, you know, know and, and this is a concept we deal with our kids a lot, you know. If you do what I tell you to do, you, you know, you'll get rewarded <laughs> at the end of the day or, you know, you'll get what you want type of thing. Right. Well, if they don't, <laughs> we don't still give them that, you know, that treat or whatever it is. What? We don't get a... They don't get a particip- You're not supposed to, Patrick. You're not supposed <laughs> well, to. I've been giving out participation trophies for <laughs> yeah, years now. And, and if you do give it to them, it defeats the purpose. That's right. It, it ruins them. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of like a beggar or something. If right. Well, and that brings out a really good point because we, even as imperfect parents, know that that doesn't work. You know, if mm. you say something, you have to stick to your guns. Well, the perfect father will clearly do exactly what he says. He's very consistent in this way. Absolutely. <laughs> if you don't know that, look throughout the Old Testament. You know, it's interesting too. You read, you know, First John two three. You know, how will we know that we know him? If we keep his commandments, which the inverse is true. If if I'm dabbling in darkness, you know, oh, I like all the commandments, but maybe this one over here is my fa- favorite sin. Yeah. Then, then I have failed to fully know him. Yeah. And then on the reverse, you know, if anyone supposes that he knows anything, this is 1 Corinthians 8, 2. If anyone supposes that he knows anything, he has not yet known as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by him. Well, what does it mean to love God? Well, to actually obey him. That's like most of First John is about that. So if you refuse to obey him, then you don't know him, and you don't really love him, because yeah. to, to know him is to love him. And necessarily, then you'll take aim to do the right thing, and, and to aim is to be transformed in him. Well, and you hit the head of the nail on uh, 1 Corinthians 8.3, you said? Uh, 
eight, uh, two and three is what I just two said. Two and three. So at the end of three, I noticed you said you are known by him. Mm-hmm. That's key. Mm-hmm. That's what we're That's seeking. What we want, right? That's what we're seeking after is to be known by him. Yeah. That is the key point. This is why we keep his commandments because we show we love him, and then we also that is how we know that we are known by him. You know, and Chad, you've we've talked about this quite a bit. You know, if now with cell phones, if you have, you know, if you're not on my speed dial, I'm not going to pick up the phone, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you call God and he has, a, he looks at his cell phone. Are you like the one that are comes you programmed up as, in? Yeah. Are you the one that comes up as likely scam? You know? right. <laughs> are, are you the, Are you the one that that he's not going to recognize? Yeah, and it, it makes a lot of sense because absolutely. You know, in a way, you know, does he know? Have you? Talk to him enough that he knows you. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's that's key. Are vain repetitions spam? I think they probably are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even God doesn't like to be spammed. You know, so that's, that's a great analogy. I'm totally stealing that, by the way. Yeah, yeah go for it. Uh, it I, mean, I stole it from him. Right, well, right. I stole it from Chad. I heard it from someone. And, you know, it's really actually a good way to speak to young people because they understand it. They understand that because, if, you know, if you don't know who it is or, or maybe it's that friend that's only calling when they want something. Yeah, when they yeah. have. You know, we don't want to be that person either. We want to, <laughs> yeah. we want to call and thank God for the good in our life too, not just talk to him about the bad. Yeah. You yeah. know, and and a lot of times I won't answer a phone call if I know this guy all he's calling because he wants something. You know. Well, and you know, you bring out a good point too because like when you call and I, I look at my phone, I'm like, oh, good, it's Chad. I yeah. know something's good. You know. And we want That's God feel to feel the same way. Yeah. And, you know. You know it, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Even if you want something, it's like, but you never ask me, so I'm I'm happy to help. Yeah. Right. Whereas in you know when someone calls, you're like, oh, yeah, I know they just want, want something, you know, and yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, I, I don't want to. <laughs> We're happy to serve, but it's I'll still, wait till yeah. later to. Talk about well, that and of one. course, uh, we have to explain. You know, the way we communicate with God is by prayer. Right. That's so right. we have to uh, we have to make sure we're praying to God. Yeah, right. is and your prayer hindered because of your lack of disobedience or your lack of obedience? <laughs> yeah, and of course we're commanded to do that. Right. You know that's part that's of right. being a Christian, and we have to make sure that we're not just calling or praying whenever we need something. Yeah, you know, consider the psalmists; their their praise yeah. to to, oh, man. to petition ratio is really quite strong. Mm-hmm. They usually open with praise and end with praise. That's like really standard pattern in, in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And if you want to develop a praise a praising tongue. Spend time praying the Psalms. Mm-hmm. You will get so good at saying things like, you know, dear Heavenly Father, you are my fortress, you are my shield. Like, you'll pick up the language mm-hmm. off of those That's poems. Right. And those are ancient poems that are there to, to teach us how to think and speak to yeah. God and also about Him. Yeah. So, it's beautiful but, stuff. But as you, as you were talking about before, vain repetition, don't just take a psalm and, like, just <laughs> read, just read the psalm, but rather... Make it yours. Make it a part of your life and that's what you're talking about right. you well, know and praying to him it, with that honor and respect behind your voice you know right. and we don't want to just recite the lord's prayer right <laughs> yeah. you know because that's what a lot of people do they do even right. though it was given to us as, as an example of how to pray right yeah, notice it says pray this way not pray this prayer yeah 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 i mean there's the humility of that prayer there's the 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 call to you know you're you're, you're humbling yourself before the almighty saying you have control and I want you to have that. Please yeah. take. Please do that. 
and forgive me because I'm going to come up short and give me a heart like yours to forgive others. Mm-hmm. That's know, right. It's, it's implied. So, yeah. And, of course, you can always pray the imprecatory psalms. That's the psalms of, uh, you know, Lord, smite my enemy. If you're ever feeling just really negative, just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but understand that, on that, that joke aside, the Lord is the arm of vengeance in this world, and so there is a place for Him taking vengeance on the evildoer. Yeah. Um, so we don't have to be ashamed of those psalms. It's just that's His job, not our job. That's right. Um, and so we just say, well, Lord, we're happy to have you do your job, you know, when it's yep. really bad. But uh, let us not think the lady who cut us off in the uh, Walmart parking lot is worthy of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, you know, another part about loving God, if you are a Christian, you love one another as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if you're listening and you pick up on how we're joking back and forth together. It's because we love one another in this room. You yeah, know, we have that, that great <laughs> rapport with one another. And, you know, able to to have that um, honor and love towards one another. You know, as it says in John 13, 35, it says, by, by this, and keep in mind, this is also Christ speaking, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I just, I've already pointed it out, but if you don't love one another, then you're not his disciple. Right. It's very clear. And that's what's so powerful about that word, if. It's either you love, you know, you're his disciple if you love one another, or you're not his disciple if you don't love one another. Right. That's, if you love God, you must love his children also. Mm-hmm. You know, how can you not love the others that are seeking to please him just like you are? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. Right. And, and of course, we're, ne- we're not going to do that perfectly. And that's no. that's kind of the part of the package, you know. When I when I talk with brothers in the faith, we don't always agree. That's normal because we have imperfect knowledge. That's implied with all things. Mm-hmm. But you know, engaging with one another and, and gentleness and love and, and mutual respect, you know, that's that's the deal. I actually became an evangelist because of this passage about loving the brethren. Because a friend of mine lost his faith because the church he was at there was no love. And it was a long-term, long-standing problem where they were just destroying each other. Mm-hmm. And his his thesis was, if these are the people of God, then there is no God. And he went with that, and still working on him. But you know, ten years on, it's, he's not moving much. Well, yeah. it's very true because we have to be careful what we, you know, how we treat each other mm-hmm. and how the world sees us. You know, um, because they see, you know, the. They see the ugly. Oh, yeah, they see the ugly. And, you know, of course, I think every um, denomination has that problem. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, because we see plenty of ugly around yeah. here with the dominant um, religion. You know, you're going to have that. But um, we have to have, I totally agree, we have to have that um, love for each other. And, and to the point where I think we, as Christians, get taken advantage of sometimes yeah. because of the love that we have for each other. You know, um, people come yep. in all the time asking for something, you know, and um, or, you know, a s- short period of time, they we could be taken advantage of very easily because of that love that we have for each other. Yeah. And you guys probably all have an experience of that. Mm-hmm. But also we can go and, vi- and visit clear across the country, even the world and, and meet with with brethren and have love for each other, just like as right. if we've known each other for a long time. 
And yeah. I think all of us have experienced that as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Chad and I go way back for like 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, exactly. And I was <laughs> yeah. trying to fix the thermostat, right. so I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, and I didn't well. make fun of him at all. <laughs> um, you know, No, I mean, and the point I was getting at is we have to be careful not to be a stumbling block in our own yeah. faith struggle mm-hmm. as we're struggling to love one another. Because we first have that vertical relationship with the Almighty, you know, that we love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And from that flows out the love to the brotherhood and That's the love right. of, of mm-hmm. mankind. And yeah. that makes interesting enough. That should enough, naturally yeah, come out. When I draw that on the whiteboard, it becomes a cross, funny enough, because um, that's just how it works, because <laughs> yeah. I draw it that way. But my point is, is we have to be very careful with the hearts of our fellow men, because we're dealing with uh, eternal beings, yeah, and we're either driving them to heaven or to hell with our words and our actions. Yeah. And it's a weighty thing. And especially those who, who teach or preach or, or lead in any capacity, it's it's a sober thing that uh, that bears, you know, not not being in dereliction of duty. And so put your game face on, get your you know, get your prayers done yeah. and your Bible study done before you get into the into the fray. Well in Ezra Ezra seven ten, he talks about he prepares his heart to worship. Yeah. You know, and that that I think that ties into what you were yep. exactly saying right there. Amen. Be prepared for to gathering one another and worshiping the Lord and not just waking up and be like, oh, I got to go and, you know, mm-hmm. be prepared. Now, uh, I'm smacking myself across the face when I say because I'm not a morning person. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, I think, uh, you know, a lot of this, go, fair enough, <laughs> a lot of this, too, is being that same pers- person at services or at church. That's right. right. As you are all week. Be that same person. Yeah. And I think any of our coworkers or people that we run into know we're different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they should know we're different. Yeah. And because we're we're trying our best to act like a Christian. Yeah. Right. We're pecu- we're a peculiar people or supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And so And they can see a difference right. and a lot of times it leads to a discussion, you know. Yep. Right. And that's that's part of you know, you can't just hang it hang it on the door when you leave yeah, and pick it back up when you come back. That's, That's not right. what it's all about. Yeah. It's, it's not a, a hat that you can just hang up at the at the door. No, yeah. and, and so we have to be that same person all the time, yeah. whether we're with brethren or not. You know, the yeah. Lord's Vineyard is everywhere. Yeah. It's not just... That's look, right. These four walls don't mean much, actually, in the big picture. That's yeah. right. Uh, as we sit inside well, and, of a church building. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, as we talk about loving one another as well, you know, and Patrick, you mentioned that it's not always easy, you know, and that's why Ephesians 4, Especially 3 Especially for kinda, some, Dave. I'm yeah. just saying. Um, <laughs> we won't mention any names in this room. Dave. Dave. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so hard to know, like me. Dave is one of the sweetest men I've ever known. Yeah. So that's why that's funny. Well, but, and I, I, I've known people that have fallen away or, or not wanted anything to do with the church just based off how some Christians act, right. whether it's in business right. or well, or it, in a leadership position at absolutely. work. Absolutely. And, and they're like, well, I don't want anything to do with that religion because of yeah. old soul, old yeah. soul of Dave. And, no, and, just kidding. <laughs> Great. Let's pick on Dave yeah, night, no. I guess. You take no, it so but, well. <laughs> um, but you're right. And, and I've actually seen that as well, where people walk away from God because of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the brethren and... We have to understand that we're dealing with imperfect people. Sure. And right. at the end of the day, it and I'm not saying that it should ever happen, but I know it happens. You know, where where you do have those occurrences, but you shouldn't allow that to interfere with your relationship with God. Because mm-hmm. right. ultimately it's about pleasing him mm-hmm. and striving to please him. And that's why Ephesians four three really strikes home to me when it says endeavoring 
to keep the unity, the spirit, and the bond of peace. Mm-hmm. Now, Patrick, you have the NASB. I do. Does it say? Um, how, how does it put it there? Let's see here. <clears throat> Being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Okay, so endeavoring four, and, three. and being uh, diligent and endeavoring are the same word, but that, that word diligent, that cause to recognize that you're, you have to really try right. to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Now, also understand the unity of the spirit. That's the other side of thing, where people kind of twist that to say, well, let's just agree to disagree and right. let's just be in unity with one another. Yeah. That's not what this passage is unity saying either. Division. Unity in the Lord is what we're seeking. Right. And of course with loving the the brethren, these are God's children. Yeah, like you said, Patrick, that's not always easy. Mm-hmm. Cuz we all have different opinions and sometimes we're we knuckleheads. we push that. <laughs> yeah, we're knuckleheads and we push that onto under one another, you know. Right. Even if we don't try to, we push our think so. Yeah, when our think so's don't matter. Right. And so, only the word of the Lord matters. Right. It's interesting too that that diligence to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. You know, the verse right before it, with all humility and yes. gentleness, with patience, yeah. showing tolerance for one another in love. And people will take that phrase tolerance to to mean that sort of um, unity and diversity of thinking. But what we need is unity and truth and love. That's mm-hmm. right. I know I'm kind of going back here a little bit. I've been kind of trying to listen to everything. But, Soaking it up. You know, we, <laughs> as Christians, we're taught to stand separate from yeah. the world. Amen. And we've, we've talked about how people feel um, that if a Christian's going to act that way, you know, uh, I don't want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. But you also got to understand that that can also work the other way. And I'm just going to give you a little quick story. Yeah. Um, I was in the, gro- uh, in the grocery store in Denver, Colorado, no less, when uh, the lady that was ahead of us was really struggling with the people that was cashing, uh, was a cashier, really struggling with her and wasn't paying any attention, and it was taking quite a, quite a while. And... My son and I just stood there very patiently and waited our turn. And it was probably 15, maybe 20 minutes, and mm-hmm. we're standing there. Yeah. And, and what's that uh, in eternity? She turned around and she said, you two must be Christians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, because you were right. throwing a fit. And you're like, That's yep. right. <laughs> we were there. We had patience. We had understanding. <laughs> yeah, understanding. Okay. But... That's standing separate from the world. Yeah. Yeah. When people recognize who you are and what you're doing for the Lord, that's yeah. what our part is all about. You know, that's a great illustration of patience, which, of course, you know, love is patience. It's the first thing in 1 Corinthians 13. It's, fruit of the, it's one of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. And I find I am not by nature a patient man, but when I pray to the Lord, steadfastly, patience comes, because it contextualizes those 15 or 20 minutes. They're nothing in eternity, which I cracked that joke a second ago, but that's the reality. And so, if those, if that 20 minutes is, is the sort of thing that makes her go, you know, I should follow Jesus. That, that was 20 minutes very well spent. 
Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'll, I'll spend that 20 minutes every day. <laughs> <You know>? Exactly. <laughs> One a day. That'd be great. 365 <laughs> yeah. days later, exactly. you know, yeah. Boom. we'll call that a successful year. <laughs> but so yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And it's important to cultivate that. And that kind of goes back into the, the main point of not being in dereliction of duty. If you had thrown the fit, that would have yeah. been, a, that would have been dereliction of duty versus you step to the duty. I think I love it. That she's like, you must be Christians. <laughs> yeah, that is. I like that. Like, yeah, she's met some Christians who were faithful at some point in her life, or or is one. Sure. Um, so mm-hmm. that's great. See, I like this word endeavoring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because um, and I I just looked up the the uh, definition. Try hard to do or achieve something. That's right. Do and do we have to try? We have to try to be patient. Mm-hmm. You know, in the story you told, and Norm, understanding, and understanding, right. definitely because. You know, a lot of folks can be pretty ugly in that situation because right. yeah. we've all seen it. And and so just try, you know, right. trying hard. Uh, we have to try hard to be Christians as well. You know, there's a, yeah. there's a lot of effort. It just doesn't happen. And a lot of people today just want it to happen for them. Yeah. Well, you're in heaven. Turnkey Christianity. They, they'll put people in heaven just like that, just by saying it. And did they try? Did they do anything to deserve it? Yeah. Did they follow the rules? You know, like we said? Yep. Did did they miss something? Well, and a lot of times people think, well, if I'm a Christian, then it's all going to be flowers and roses and Mm -hmm. daisies or whatnot. But God never promises roses on earth, does he? Mm. He promises trials and tribulations. And so endeavoring to keep the, or well, endeavoring to keep the unity with the brethren, but also just in life, endeavoring to be the Christian, to be the example Going back to what my dad was saying, you know, and it's kind of funny because it, it almost seems like every time I go into the grocery store, if I don't check myself out, I get behind the one person <laughs> that something happens to. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, I, I do my best to just sit there and be quiet and be patient. But, you know, I've actually heard people um, just the other day, somebody was, I was asking for something. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't. And I was like, oh, that's all right. He's like, well, thanks for not ripping my head off. And I was like, it's not your fault, man. Well, yeah, that's like, true. Like, you know, it's it's really the least you could do to not rip his head off. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's interesting, too, you know, and, and just so no one gets the wrong end of the stick. You know, we're not saying that we're saved by virtue of our works. Yeah, right. right. We're, you, know, is, you know, Ephesians 2 says, uh, verse 8, for, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, if it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. And the verse 10 is fun. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And that's what we're talking about. That's right. Is being transformed in the image of, of Christ bit by bit through, you know, to aim is to be transformed. Right. And, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're going to hear, well, good and faithful servant, enter into my rest. And we're going to say, I'm I'm but a worthless servant who has only done that which he was asked to do. Yeah, yeah. and and that's okay. You know, it's like I always tell people, I'm happy to sweep the you know be the janitor in heaven. That's fine. Yeah, like yeah, it's still heaven. If my it house is matter. in the yeah. outhouse well, out back, that's right. what think that's of fine. think of that's Paul fine. or uh, yeah, Paul. Paul called himself the chief, chief of sinners. sinners right? Yeah, you know, and, and that's the least Paul. Uh, the least among the apostles. And 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 you're going. You know, I remember when as a kid, I used to think. 
when if I could just be the preacher, I'd be all right. Oh, you know, because <laughs> look, he's so good. He's up there talking about God every Sunday, you know. But that's what you think. Yeah, because you don't know. But yeah, yeah, he's faced with the same, maybe if not more, temptation more. than yeah. I am. Be- <laughs> but you know, and so uh, w- we think that, but we all go through the same things, and we all have different temptations. Yeah, right. And to to tie in what Patrick was talking about, you know, with we're not saved by our works. Rather, yeah, that's right. Our yeah. works is just. A part of being a Christian, and right. you know, we are called if we are Christians to work. You know, James two seventeen. That's also faith by itself. If it does not have works, is dead. Yeah, right. and there's nothing that we can do to earn eternal salvation. There's nothing. Yeah. That's why we're saved by grace. Mm. But rather, the grace is poured upon us when we are not guilty of abandoning our responsibilities as a Christian. You know, when, recall the woman um, who had been, I believe, a prostitute, was weeping and, and washing Jesus' mm-hmm. feet with her tears yeah. and yeah. her hair. And he said, you know, the one to whom much has been given, much is expected, that you know, she is so delighted that, that she's been had so much removed from her, that she's willing to be as low as possible yeah. and, and just wants to touch him. And this is one reason the Apostle Paul was so prolific, you know, and he worked so hard because he understood he was a murderer of Christians. He had been forgiven so much, so he felt so obliged to just go all in. And yeah. sometimes um, we get complacent in our faith because we're not considering all that we've been forgiven. We're just thinking about the difficulty of this moment. That's a very good point. We get comfortable mm-hmm. in our, oh, I'm, I'm all right. You yeah. know, and I did pretty good yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I can relax I for think, the next like week and a half. Right. You know, <laughs> I you earned know, it. <laughs> to become a Christian, I, I I think we could point we could touch on, you know, there are actions that we have to take to become a Christian. Yeah. You know, in order to qualify. It's kinda like the rules that we talked about. And I always like to bring up Naaman. You know yeah. he he was very um upset at the at uh who was it? The prophet. It, uh was it What's that? Uh, Elijah or Elisha? It was either Elijah or Elijah. Elijah or Elisha, yeah. yeah. And um, Elisha, wouldn't even, he wouldn't even come out to talk to him. Oh, yeah. yeah. None of this happened the way he envisioned in his head how, it was gonna, how his leprosy was going to be cured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, and so Elijah sent his servant, remember, yep. uh, to tell him, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. Jordan River's dirty. Dirty river, yeah. Okay, it's dirty. That's the last river you want to go dip in. <laughs> and he, he he left disgusted. Remember? Yeah. And 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 the and the his servant got to talking to him later. You know, why not try it? Yeah. Why if he, not? If he told you to do something told, great, would you not do it? Yeah, exactly. Like going yeah. on an adventure for three months, you know, yep. conquering yeah. new lands. Yeah, I'd do that. But dipping the river seven times—that's too much. Yeah, and, and <laughs> the a dirty is, river. He yeah. was never cured until he did exactly what. That's was right. told of him, yeah. and that's how we are as Christians. We have to, we have to. There's, there's rules. There's, there's rules that we got to follow, and well, there's and that, things that, that we have to do. That brings out a really good point too, because how can dipping in a dirty yeah. river cleanse you from something? Yeah. How can dirty clean anything? Right. And, it was the obedience so part. It, yeah, exactly, and it, it couldn't make sense to him. No. But the same for us. How can baptism wash away our sins it's not it's not us doing it it's the work of the lord and it's our act of obedience towards him and his will for that's us. right 
Yeah, it's not merely dipping in water. I mean, on, right. on a hot day like today, I think it's like 96 out. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's could, taking a we, swim in a pool. <laughs> we could probably get quite a few in that water, but that's it, would, right. it wouldn't be saving uh, in, in nature because they don't believe. Yeah. They don't have faith. Another example of that is found in uh, John, and I believe it's in chapter uh, 9, where it talks about the blind man. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus spit on the ground and made uh, mud. Yeah. And put it over his eyes. That's right. Told him to go wash in the uh, tub oh, of Siloam yeah. or something like that. Well, and, and you know, that's a great example, too, because would you want to rub spit mud onto your eyes? You exactly. know, I mean, that doesn't even make sense, you know, but see, this guy, especially someone yeah. else's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a man that's been blind since birth. Yep. Right. And. Wash you the you pool can just alone. imagine yeah. he would be willing to, to do sure. anything willing or try, try anything, anything yeah. mm-hmm. to uh, uh, be able to see. And, uh, of course, that gets into another a whole new story with the Pharisees and what have you. But right. that is a good example of... Uh, Obedience. Yeah, he obeyed. Faith. and he, washing the pool of yeah. Sloan. Faith yeah. and obedience. Yeah. He, he obeyed and he came back seeing. And, yeah. You know, it's like... Um, that's a very good point. That, that's what we're up to when we're, you know, Christ is like, yeah, um, come after me. Take up your cross and follow me. Well, that begins at baptism because baptism that's right. baptism is, according to Romans chapter 6, is the point at which the man of sin and flesh is put to death with yeah. Christ and raised in likeness of his resurrection. So if you haven't done that, you haven't taken up your cross. It doesn't well, matter how many times you pray. You aren't wa- washed in the blood of Jesus at that point. Yeah. And, and it's not a negotiation between you and God. I can't say, well, you know, God and I are good. We've got a plan. We worked out on the side. You're not that special. Sorry. Yeah. None, none of us are. You got a I plan, like, and it doesn't involve Christ. <laughs> Here, I want to read this. I want to read this. I've just been looking at it. Um, verse 10 of John 9 it says, Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes open? So this is the, I don't know if it's the Pharisees, asking him, mm-hmm. Hey, how, do you, how can you see now? And in verse 11, he says, he answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received my sight. There's the obedience part. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. he did what Jesus told him to and he received his sight. Yeah. yeah. He, didn't, he didn't go and do his own thing or add something to it or, you know, this work a lot better if I use oil or something, <laughs> yeah. you know. He didn't Milk change gets anything. A lot of that he stuff didn't change out. any of the instructions. He did exactly what Jesus said, and he received his sight. Yeah, it, it turns out that the perfect creator of the universe actually has a perfect plan, mm-hmm. and it's we're never going to improve upon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was perfect. Just a little bit later in that same chapter is when, when proves faith, when uh, Jesus come back to the blind man when he found out that the Pharisees were questioning him they and put him out, trying to force him. In, they're trying to say that he hadn't been blind. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's right. But at the same time, when Jesus found him, he asked him, do you believe? Mm-hmm. And he says, who am I to believe? And he said, to whom you are speaking now. Yeah. He says, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. You have yeah. both seen him, and he is the one who is talking with you. Mm-hmm. He said, Lord, I believe. So yep. there's your faith. <laughs> there yep. it is. Yep. yep. That's exact that's a great example. And for those who have a problem with Jesus' deity, the blind man worshipped him. 
Yeah. Just throwing that out there. And, <laughs> well, and, and Jesus is, didn't freak out the way you know, mortal, mere mortals do. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah, and Hebrews eleven six. For without faith it is impossible to please him. For those mm-hmm. who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Mm-hmm. Good and stuff. I, I love that word, diligently seek him, there mm-hmm. in Hebrews 11. Again, Back endeavoring to, to keep... Yeah, the kind of the same as endeavoring. Right. And, and it's... It's not about just trying, you know, it's about being diligent in your service to the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, don't be guilty of dereliction of duty. Don't Mm -hmm. be guilty of abandoning what you are called to do. And again, it's our our responsibility. It's not that our works and and all of the that we do saves us. It's, and in fact, in Romans 12, 1, he calls it our reasonable service. Right. So it's not even... Too much to ask, right? It's it's the least we could do. And that's right. And, and on top of that, you know, what's so we're talking a lot about duty here because that's what the what your thesis yesterday was, mm-hmm. or not yesterday because we're Sunday. Sunday. Close. I've traveled right. across country in a little jet lag. Sorry, <laughs> um, but on Sunday, and yet we're called to something even more than that. You know, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Duty is what happens as you progress in, in right. wisdom. Um, but at the end of the day, we're aiming towards perfect love, which casts out fear. That's right. And so we're not operating merely from duty. Our objective is to be transformed in His love, that we act from that love, at which point duty is just a backstop. Fear is certainly a backstop. Yeah. But we're just moving because we're just so compelled by His grace and His His mercy and His love that we're like, yeah, of course we want to do what you want to do, because you're amazing. Like It's like, I've been married for going on 20, 22 years. And when we first got together many years ago, she was like, yeah, I want to go to Outback Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where we were going. Because she's kind of a big deal, you know? Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, it doesn't matter if I liked Outback, which I do. But, yeah. it, you know, if I didn't, I was like, all right, cool, let's go to Outback. Because like, I want to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now my wife's like, I don't know, what do you want to do? I don't know, what do you want to do? Like, that's because that's typical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the Lord does know what he wants to do. He's very clear-minded, and he's, he, everything he wants for us is perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's always good, and it always works. Now we may not always like the work involved, but it's always good. And yeah. so that's the call. So I would I would encourage us to go even beyond duty, and to cultivate that love and peace and joy in our hearts that we move with that same zeal that we did for for those of us who are a little older, have been married a while that we did with for our, our new new brides. Um, hopefully, even still, that you might do that with your bride today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But re- re- regardless, that you move with such a passion and a zeal that you're you're just delighted to be doing his work. Well, yeah, and you brought out. Uh, I'm really just preaching that to myself. Yeah, just, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're all preaching to ourselves when it comes to that. Yeah, because you know you brought out a, a passage in First John, um, perfect love casts out fear. Yeah, you know, and it, it's like with my dad in the room mm-hmm. when I was little. I would fear my dad, and I would work out of fear of getting a whooping if I didn't. He right? seems like such a gentle soul. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I think that's a now, great point. I was going to bring that up. But now right. I'll do anything my dad asks, and it's not because I'm afraid of right. you know getting bent over his knee, which you I'm him. never too old to do that, by the way. But, oh, please. <laughs> but I, uh, I, uh, I love him. And yeah. I, I want to do that for him. Yeah, you want to well, And that's the same kind of love that Patrick is talking about towards the Lord. Right. We do it because we want to. Right. Yeah. We obey and serve him and be all we can be for him. Right. 
because we love him. And Not because we fear him, but because we love him. And what's even better is your dad wasn't a perfect man. I mean, I'm guessing. Well, um, I wasn't. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, neither. Yeah. No parent. No one is. Yeah. Right. So, so he wasn't perfect, and yet you're still able to foster that, you know, to come to that place of honor and love for him. How much more then should we for our perfect Heavenly Father Amen. and his perfect Son? You know, there's just no reason for us, no logical reason for us to ignore this love that we're called to. It is, he's, he's very lovable, you know, um, but we just, we just want to sometimes do what we want to do. And, yeah. and we've got to stop that. Well, know, and that's where the sanctification in the word is so important. And too, like um, Moses, uh, you know, when Moses went up and talked to God on the Mount, right? Yeah. yeah. What did God want? He wanted the people to obey him, you know, and God wants us to obey him. You know, yeah. he wants us to obey him. Just as much as, you know, um, we w- uh, want to obey him. You know, it goes both yeah, ways. He wants that bi- bi-directional relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when we, we uh, converse with our Lord, it's through prayer. prayer. Right. Mm-hmm. We all know that. Um, i got to get my, th- my thoughts here. I, I, uh, getting up in age, and they kind of fly through yeah, my sure, head. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, saying me, nice stuff. It's know. distracting. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy we're gonna go on here <laughs> i'll come back when i think of it uh okay i just did okay, i knew ahead. it would go come ahead. back go okay. ahead right. <clears throat> you're not that old you know <laughs> like i said we we converse with with god through prayer mm-hmm. and anytime we travel do we not pray mm-hmm. for Optimum. safe travel yeah. sure how many people Pray and thank him for it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that's that, that's a, a thought that has always been in my mind. Right. How thankful are we? Right. That we can't even pray to him and say thank you, Lord. Right. You know that's just a thought that come to my mind mm-hmm. that should be in our hearts right. always to thank our Lord for all that He's done, not yeah. just. Safe travel. And it's interesting, too, that you say that, because really what you want is for, I mean, we're, there's so many passages about having gratitude and thankfulness. I mean, Colossians 3 is just littered with them, you know, uh, but to, for that to be the default behavior, for that to be just how we are, you know, to, to pray, on, you know, I took three flights yesterday, uh, so yeah, I was praying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's just so funny, I, I didn't even think about the fact that you know, afterwards, I did thank God for safe travels because it's three flights, it's a little crazy. But I didn't think about it. And I'm like, oh, that's a good thing, actually. Like you said that, I didn't even think about that even being a good thing because that's what you want. You don't want to be like having to think about these things. You want it to tra- you'd be so transformed in all the dimensions. I mean, then that one, I just happened to be doing okay yesterday. But you want it to be normative. So, like, we're moving to a place where doing the good things of the Lord and glorifying Him and serving Him is just baked in. It's not where it becomes near effortless because it's who you are. Christianity is not a series of activities. It's a, it's actually a state of being. It's an identity that is what you are, and that's I mean, in, in aiming towards that is part of the part of process of discipleship that's so important. We're not just dipping people in water and baptism and going, All right, "Good luck." Though I've seen that, and those those people have a that's a hard road for discipleship. Mm-hmm. Ours is to try to help people truly be. Christians become mm-hmm. of Christ. His yeah. disciples are people who follow him, but they do it because that's what they are. And that's what makes us peculiar. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? Well, and what's the most important thing 
um, that a Christian, you know, that a person needs. We need forgiveness of our sins. Does anything else matter? <laughs> no. You know, there's necessities and things that we deal with every day, jobs, you know, all that. But guess what? You know, I just went to a funeral this weekend. We're all headed there. Right. All of us, every one of us are going to have yeah. that day. Mm-hmm. And is it going to matter how many cars we had or, you know what I mean? Right. Just the things that are physical, they don't matter at all. I can tell you that because you're not taking nothing with you. Right. And the, re- okay? the reason that forgiveness is so imperative yeah. is because it is that which allows us to have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Because God is light and in him, in him can be no darkness and sin is darkness. Yep. Yeah. And so that forgiveness is, is him reconciling us to him yep. through the blood of Jesus Christ, which is where the relationship is forged, you know, and so like back to the, to I, be, did, be, I did nothing. I didn't die on the cross for my sins. Jesus yeah. did. And so mm-hmm. that, yeah. that humility before the cross is so imperative. And then that's what he wants. You know, if you read the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew five through seven, um, you have Jesus. He says, you know, oh, you've heard that you shall, um, you know, you know, love, love your neighbor or whatever, you know, or you shall not hate your neighbor or you shall not murder your neighbor. Well, I tell you, if you, if you hate him and he goes through this list of things and he, he does with lots of commands, you know, you shall not, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. Well, I say he who looks upon a woman to lust for her in his heart, um, commits adultery in his heart. So he's, we, we sometimes say he's taking it up a notch, but actually what he's doing is he's forcing the relationship deeper. He's saying, it's not just about your outward service, but your inward state. Mm-hmm. And, and and because because that inward state corrupts us and separates us from God and God knows instantly when we have that separation yeah we're usually slow on the uptake but he knows and so that's why the way of Jesus is actually just driving us deeper into the into the Christ yeah. into the into the Almighty it, it, it's not you know um the Old Testament they got they got into this thing where they thought God wanted the sacrifice right he never desires sacrifice he desired obedience yeah but does he it, need the blood of bulls and goats? Right. No. But to to kind of drive that point home even more, like what you're saying, he desires our heart. He doesn't desire necessarily he he demands obedience, but he desires our heart. Yeah. And that's when the perfect love casts out fear, when we wholeheartedly obey him because we love him. Yeah. And not because we're 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 fearing the the wrath to come. Yeah, you know, every and, example that we had have yeah. involves the heart and my me and my dad had to go to ace hardware um a couple times today yeah. <laughs> and so um D- on me now. Yeah. <laughs> diy projects but uh so <laughs> one of the trips we went he said my dad told me he's like you know we're all gonna die broke yeah and i was like yeah i was like and it doesn't matter how much money you have at the end Mm-mm. you're gonna be broke <laughs> that's <laughs> you know, right naked i came into this world naked i'll leave and mm-hmm. and uh but you can be broke and separated from God, or you can be broke and full of the Lord yeah. and have this eternal paradise with Him. You know, one thing about death is that is the only guarantee when you come into this life. Oh, yeah. That is the only thing that's guaranteed. When you are born into this life, death is a guarantee. Yeah. I seen a thing just that, that uh, not to interrupt. Sorry, no, David. No, go for it. Um, that a man was being buried. His request was to be buried with his Harley, like on his Harley. I seen that. And they built a. A, a casket with glass that you could see through of him sitting on his Harley. He's got his helmet, everything on, and buried him with his Harley. Guess what? The Harley and him are still on the ground there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and will be for a long time. Right. Until yeah. it all rots away. Yeah. What good 
did that do for him? Yeah, waste of good in heart. his afterlife. I don't know his situation, but is that what's some... most important in our lives? We could speculate, but we won't. Yeah, we, yeah exactly. <laughs> I can see some grave diggers <laughs> going right. to try to get a Harley. Right. Well, look at <laughs> free Harley. Look at what they did to the tombs in Egypt. Right. They've been raided and raided and raided. And yeah. where are they? Where's right. those kings? Well, you know, it's it's in, like Psalm 50 encapsulates everything that was just said um, very well. But, you know, God has a really dim view of the wicked and what he wants, you know, the one, one who does not want to follow the Almighty. He, he's not really pleased with them. But he, he warns us. He says, now consider this, you who forget God, or I will tear you in pieces and there will be none to deliver. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And to him who orders his way aright, I shall show the salvation of God. And it's, I mean, that's a stark statement. Yeah. He's like, you're, if you're with me, I'll save you. You know, the sacrifice is Thanksgiving. In, in, in the middle of this psalm, he says, I do not need your sacrifices of blood and, and goats yeah. and bulls. He's like, if I were hungry, would I ask you? No. Um, everything's mine anyway. But he, what he wants is that heart of, of Thanksgiving that honors yeah. him. You know, and he wants us to order, be ordered aright according to his ways. That, that he would, you know, so he can show us his salvation. You know, and that's funny that you you brought out again that he doesn't desire sacrifice because Psalm 51, the very next psalm, mm-hmm. this is when David recognizes his grave heir before the Lord. Yeah. He slept with Bathsheba, killed her her husband mm-hmm. to cover up the adultery. Yeah, not David's best day. Yeah, not exactly his best time ever. But in in fifty one he says the sacrifices are um, backing up to sixteen, he says for you do not sacrif- desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Amen. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Right. God desires a broken and contrite heart before Him. Well. Too, if we relate it to us being parents, how how good does it make us feel when our kids obey us? Yeah, especially if we don't have to keep telling them all the time. Well, it's nice. Well, it's, it's nice if I don't have to tell them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If 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 they do something and they obey us, we told them maybe a week or two ago, and they actually keep doing it, and they did it, or they yeah. keep doing it. Right. How good does that make us feel? It's right. the same with God. And the the inverse is true, too. I have older children. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have some young ones. But mm-hmm. um, when the older ones defy God in His way, it is crushing for mm-hmm. me. And, yeah. I've, and I've just been, been thinking about that lately. Like, mm-hmm. how much more is it for the Almighty? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He knows so much of the ways in which I, I transgress. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, usually just a bouncing yahoo who doesn't notice. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you know, it's, it's got to kill him, you know, because it, it kills me that my my beloved children do these things. I'm like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. That, I mean, just for those who don't have older children but do have younger children, just wait. Well, it's the yeah. same, it's <laughs> exactly. really the same way, though. And, that, yeah, it's you guys, we can feel that and, that, and and we feel it just probably just very smaller, small smaller compared bits. to what well, God yeah. Well, God does, yeah. You, you know, beautiful. and you think how mad he was with the mm-hmm. Israelites. Yeah. You know, when they started when when they started worshiping the golden calf. It was six weeks after they had made yeah, the Yeah, six yeah. weeks. Right. Like guys. It was yeah, forty <laughs> and, and, days and, it says and, he was yeah, on the mountain. It's like nine. And he was gonna oh. destroy them. Yeah. Right? And, and and create a nation from Moses. Yeah. Well and um I always use the the illustration like in a workplace, a lot of times they'll 
if they want to get the swearing down, they'll put in a swear jar, yeah. right? Yeah. But can yeah. you imagine doing that in your house to try to get your kids to obey? And anytime, <clears throat> hopefully it's not a swear jar. I was going to say, it was like, if it's, if Dave, it's like a, a, <laughs> a, um, Dave has one, no. a, a jar of disobedience, you know? <laughs> It's yeah. going to crush you every time you hear the, a quarter hit the bottom sure. of that barrel. Sure. And it would you would delight in knowing that it's empty always. But you know, what's interesting about the swear jar and why it kind of works in a lot of contexts is when I was a man coming out of the world, swearing was a real problem. And it's, mm-hmm. it's the sort of thing that, like, it's very pernicious and you don't always notice it. And I had a sister uh, in the faith say to me, hey, I noticed that you've got a little problem with with swearing and I was like, Oh yeah, it's so annoying. You know? <laughs> and she said, she said, yeah, I used to swear all the time too. And I was like, no way. Mm-hmm. You know, cause like I could not even fathom this woman mm-hmm. uttering any, any sort of yeah. coarse language or anything. I was like, no. And I was like, so how'd you stop? And she said, I just had to become more aware of when I was doing it. And so what she had done is she just, every time she swore, she would just internally stop and notice and that was, and I, so I started doing the same thing. And in a, in a couple of years, I, I'm not, I didn't say I was fast. Um, in, a couple <laughs> of, in a couple of years, I mean, the swearing was down to you know near zero, and that's how all sin is. If we just, if we take notice, then we are more likely to to feel the weight of it. And and one way that we take notice is by studying the word, yeah, and you know seeing it, seeing ourselves clearly as in a mirror, right? But then also in prayer. Because prayer humbles you before God, His Majesty, His might will shine, you know, shine forth in your heart, if you will. And then all of a sudden, all the darkness in your heart starts to just pop up. And then you're like, "Hmm." Now, how does that happen? Because you know, you know the truth if you're studying the truth of, of God. Plus, you're now in a humble state before Him, and the two things come together, and that's how we notice more. And even in the moment, you know, we notice. And my daughter, uh, my third daughter, if someone swears in front of her. Especially the last, you know, last few years, she'd be like, "Avocado, don't swear." She'd literally say that to people, mm-hmm. total strangers. Avocado, don't swear, and which people thought was funny because she's really cute and she'd get away with stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, if I said that, I'd be punched. Right, in the right. Face. They'd be like, "What's your problem with avocados?" You know, um, but but she's been in work environments where she's done that, and the swearing has basically disappeared. Yeah, because everybody's now aware that. You know, they, the word avocado pops into their head when they swear. They, she's trained them. <laughs> I'll have guys do it, and then they'll apologize. Right. They know. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Because they know you're a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's really it's really awkward when people don't know what I do for a living, and then they're swearing along, and they're just being themselves. Maybe they're not even swearing. And then they're like, so what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm a gospel preacher. And then I can watch them review. <laughs> I love that look. Like, I, like, I watched them review the last like you know thirty minutes, and they're like, "What did I say?" Yeah, you know? yeah. And I'm and I'm like, you know, and I had one guy swear in a meeting I was at, and uh, he said, "Oh, I'm sorry, Patrick, you know, for swearing." I said, "Well, I'm not really the offended party in this." Mm-hmm. And, 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 he, and he was like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and like me, I'll say I'm a welder, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, he's, you know, he's coarse." Yeah, they, that's what they think, you know. Yeah. yeah. Until they get to know you. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's not. That's weird. Mm-hmm. But then... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is but, weird. Yeah. Peculiar and, people. Mm-hmm. And on that side, you know, when I was a, a mail carrier, I would be training people. Mm-hmm. And they would come into the car and, you know, being themselves. And, of course, I'm just a happy-go-lucky guy, and I'm talking with them. That's and, true. But then we get to talking, and by the end of the day, um, probably not even the end of the day, because 
Yeah, you I'll be talking about long. God sometime, but um, fifteen minutes I, in, I, I'll be like, you know, I, I don't know if you noticed, but I don't swear. And he's like, dude, that's the first thing I noticed. <laughs> he's like, you're different. He's like, and I noticed it right away. But right. that's just a part of allowing the Lord to change you. It, it's allowing right. the Lord to to make you like Him. And, you know, and that's I, I, it's an easy illustration because it's a really tangible thing. Yeah, it's often not the biggest camel. In a new disciple's life, a lot of times there's bigger stuff that has to be filtered yeah. out and, and swearing. Right. So I'm not I'm not beating up on if if you're struggling with swearing, you're following Christ. I get it. Like me too, I did the same thing. Yeah. Um, there's often really big things that you got to grapple with, you know. And if you're just fretting, that's probably not going to help you. You know, focus on the biggest things first, but don't leave those small things undone. You know, let us be yeah. let us become those people. The audio engineer who worked on um, Duck Dynasty. He, you know, audio engineers uh, sit and listen to everybody talking all the time, whether they're they're casting, whether they're shooting or not. So he's listening to everybody on all, all across, you know, the production staff and and also the the, the people on the show who who claim Christ, right? Um, and he said, after years of doing this, he said, "You guys never swear. I listen to you all the time, and I've never once heard you guys swear. Mm-hmm. Now, why is that? Because it's very strange. Because everybody else is swearing like sailors." And you guys, uh, he's like, I've worked all over Hollywood, all over the world doing this, and it's constant, except for you guys. And they take him to the Bible and like, let us introduce you to Jesus. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. why this is. Yeah. And it's, that's a powerful statement, you know. So even, you know, like, like I call this a smaller thing, but for that audio engineer, that was just a small thing that got him really curious about right. the question. I think it's probably things. one of the biggest things because it's almost like a, a, a status thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, swearing. It's kind of... You see, yeah. you see, young kids. Cool they you think swear. they have oh, yeah, to swear. Yeah. They think they have to swear in order to be cool. It happens a lot right. today. Yeah. And so you know, it's probably one of the most common things. It's really, it's really upfront. Yeah, because right. everyone's doing right. it. It's, it's yeah. very, it's like, it's, it's, you know, by your speech, you're, you're, you're marked out, mm-hmm. and it's a way to become rather peculiar rather quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, and I used to like, I started swearing at a young age and was swore like a sailor pretty much every, you know, every day after that until I finally that the Christ entered in. Mm-hmm. But the, the reality is, is there's so many things like this, you know, sure. mm-hmm. um, well, drinking's another one. Drinking's a classic example, but even more, um, you know, scripture has even harder things to say about like fornicating. Yeah. You know, Christians are not supposed to be fornicators. Like mm-hmm. we're supposed to put the fornicator out of the church because that's unacceptable in mm-hmm. the Lord's sight. And yet in our culture, and when was the last time you saw a TV show where a couple did not have sex before marriage mm-hmm. and then got married and then that, then all mm-hmm. all sexual relations in the in the storyline, not necessarily shown, but were in a married concept content, or even married couples even being together. That's so it's weird <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, and, and exactly. It's because they've normalized fornication. Sure. And and we we have to put that out of ourselves well, and, and out of the body. And now in the world today, it's almost like it would be the stupid thing to do to wait until you're married yeah. to fornic- you know, to to sleep with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And it's like. And again, it's it's making the world is making evil good and good evil. Right, right? classic problem. And, and that's really what we're seeing a lot today. But just those tiny things, like and Patrick, you rightly pointed out. You know, if you're a Christian and you're struggling with cursing, I get it. You know, yeah, people struggle with that. But <laughs> you know, as long as you're working on it. But then when you're able to get past that and you notice it, just like when you're able to be patient for twenty minutes in line. Mm-hmm. That's going to be noticed, and yeah. you may not think that it's going to be noticed, but there's times where I'm I'm waiting in traffic, and the the guy in front of me is not going, 
Yeah. And the guy behind me is blaring his yeah. horn because he's yeah, being impatient. Right. I'm like, just yeah. wait, man. It's okay. Like, right. it's not the end of the world. <laughs> so, guys, I gotta, I gotta be the the clock guy here. Right. Oh man, we're out of time. But I knew it is was there coming. any last, any last thoughts or anything? It's been a great discussion. We could go <laughs> yeah. on and on and on. We could do this all night. One thing you need to know is, regardless of what state you're in. You can change. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Change Amen. your life for God. That's right. That's a great. That's a great last thought because yeah, it is. you can change. It may take a while, like you said. Yeah, I was slow, but <laughs> but we have to keep working on it, and you can do it. And Amen. why do we want to do that? Because the reward is so great. God is so great. Yeah, and his 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 awesome grace is that which causes us to transform. Yeah. Amen. And that's, you know, that's it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Yeah. That's the first command. Matthew 22, 37. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you guys. All right. It was fun. Thanks, everyone. Um, I appreciate you being with us, and we'll look forward to being with you again next week. Thanks, everyone.